Bill Haston, Tulsa World. I am with recently retired and permanently heroic former, <laughs> hey, it's true, former TPS athletic director, Gil Cloud, uh, who I used to see uh, on an extremely regular basis. Now I don't see him as much and I miss it. So, uh, and I remember one of the perks of one of the great perks of your retirement would be that you would get to see your granddaughter, who's a superstar softball athlete. You get to play quite a bit. Uh, before we get into these topics, could you provide a little quick uh, update on her spring and summer and how she how she's playing? I tell you, she's had a she's had a great spring. Uh, she played uh, at Briggs Middle School this last uh, fall. Uh, as a fourth grader playing with the fifth and sixth graders. And it appears that she'll play with the seventh and eighth graders this next year as a fifth grader. But this spring, Bill, she is, uh, uh, I think she's uh, 10 and one pitching. Uh, she's had 110 strikeouts in 21 innings. <laughs> and uh, uh, she, she's hitting about 420. And uh, her fastball is uh, at 10 years old now. It's 54 miles an hour, and and consistently at 51, 52. So uh, she's uh, she's excited. Uh, they've had their last tournament not this weekend, but next weekend, uh, and then she goes to school ball. You know, July 15th practice starts, and uh, she'll be playing up with them. So we'll be making that trick over to. Out just outside of Tahlequah and Briggs to to watch that and uh, uh, but uh, and she played basketball and <laughs> she ran she was going out for track and I said Tylee what what are you going to do in track because she's not gifted uh, speed wise and she said well I'm going to throw the shot because you don't have to run so you know <laughs> it's one of those but she's had a good spring the hundred hundred ten strikeouts is just unbelievable it is unbelievable so. Uh, before I ask you about, I wanted, really wanted to talk with you about what I still consider to be, and, and in fact, more so now probably than I did even then, the miracle of the 2020 football season um, and that we had one. But I wanted to ask you right quick uh, for your reaction to this unbelievable flurry of high-profile transfers in high school football, Bixby quarterback moves, to Owasso, a jinx returning starting quarterback moves to Union, which I know really resonates with you as a former Union athletic director. Mm -hmm. um, Bartlesville starting quarterback moves to Union. Uh, a highly regarded California kid who this week visited Georgia as an incoming ninth grade athlete. He's at the University of Georgia this week, uh, moved to jinx a few days ago. More and more and more of this. And, and I'm just mentioning quarterbacks right now. I mean, there's tons of linemen and, and, and defensive backs and, and other guys making moves too. So do you, you know, and, and I've gotten a lot of Facebook messages and emails saying, oh, high school football is ruined just like college football. I think this is an anomaly uh, because it, it's really quite a, an endeavor for a whole family, Coach Cloud, to pack up and move to a new district, right? You're exactly right. I think that was the yeah. That was one of the things I think that uh, Kirk Frederick mentioned uh, when he was asked about the move into Union. Uh, he said, now, we're not talking about a transfer. Right. This is a move-in. 
And there's a whole different set of rules for transfers and, and move-ins. And so it is a commitment. Uh, it is, uh, I think, something that has manifested itself a little bit more uh, with the media because of the, the, the college uh, transfer portal. And I think it's become, you know, well, we can do that. If, if all it is is just moving, well, we'll just, we'll just move. And right. we're more transient today than we used to be. You know, somebody, we talked about open transfer, you know, Tulsa public schools had open transfer before probably anybody in the state uh, within the district. And uh, I, I told Dr. Ballard, the, the late Dr. Ballard, that, uh, you know, I, I'm poor if a kid wants to go to a school because of an academic uh, curriculum that they don't have at the school they're at. I, I, 100%. Let them transfer. Now, they still need to sit out a year. Uh, well, they wouldn't transfer there. And I think that that's, that's the key. Uh, you know, when I was at Union, uh, we had uh, probably in the 15 years, we had four or five families that just flat moved. Uh, we had two or three that uh, faked a divorce where the kid came with one parent and moved into a house in the district. And wow, I mean, you know, I mean, it was, and I say fake because it was interesting that when the eligibility was up, a reconciliation occurred. <laughs> and, you know, so th these things have gone on for a long time. Uh, the, the sending school, you know, has to sign off that there was no recruitment. The receiving school has to sign off as well. There's forms and documents that have to be filed uh, with the OSSAA and you keep them in your file in your office. Uh, you better be clean uh, and you better follow up with everything. And uh, that's why, you know, when, when, when I did go to Tulsa, the first hire uh, I made was Mick Wilson to be the assistant AD for compliance because I wanted to make sure we were going to go by the rules. I've heard a lot of stories. Uh, I want to make sure that we were going by the rules that were established by the OSSA. And we did. We, we played. And I wanted everybody, uh, all of our neighbors uh, in the suburbs to understand that we don't follow those rules and we expected them to follow those rules as well. Right. And if we felt that there was a recruitment of a student athlete, we certainly would uh, make the call to them first. That was my protocol. I would call that athletic director at that school. And I say, here's what's happened. Here's what we know. Uh, I want you to do something about it. If they didn't do anything about it, my next call was to David Jackson. Now, uh, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm naive. Probably I am naive. And so I'm thinking that this is going to be a, a rarity to have this kind of volume uh, of difference making players moving in one off season. Do you think that that's the case? Or do you think that there is some influence from the college level with regard to the freedom of movement? And these kids and families think, well, you know, yeah, if we're disgruntled here, uh, let's go there. They want an advantage for their son or daughter, no matter what sport it is. I mean, it, it involves all the sports. Uh, so they want an advantage. And if they feel like the advantage is another school district, how much is that worth? Is that worth selling my house? you know, moving locations, in some cases, moving states uh, to be able to do that. Uh, that's a tremendous commitment that, that people make. Yes. Uh, but for, for an advantage for their kid. And, and, and people have done that. Bill, I had a, <laughs> when I was at Union, I had a uh, uh, offensive lineman 
uh, father called me one day, uh, fairly affluent, wealthy. And he said he wanted to know where he could get by blocking lessons for his son. I said, well, if he listened to Coach Tuttle, who's <laughs> one of the best line coaches in the state, he'd be okay. Right. Right. But everybody wants an advantage. And, and I think that's what they look at. That quarterback is gone. I'm going to move over there because right. I've got a chance to play. Right. And now at, at, at Union now, there are um, three quarterbacks, <laughs> all of whom have started uh, either in 6A1 or 6A2. Three right. of them. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Somebody's not going to be happy. Well, you know, chances are maybe one of those three – won't even be there in August. Because we'll it could not be. If they go through seven-on-seven seven and see how, how everything shakes out, because seven-on-seven seven can show you that. Right. Everybody was devastated in March of 2020. Uh, everybody. Uh, when basketball, the basketball tournament was canceled, Booker T had a chance to repeat at 6A champion, didn't get the chance to play that tournament. Uh, and I don't – well, there's six – how many schools were TPS – represented TPS in that state tournament? Girls and five. Five. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and, and I remember David Jackson telling me that as a result of there not being basketball championships that the association lost a million dollars, one million dollars uh, with regard to sponsorships and ticket revenue and all of it. So there was a real collective agreement, I'm sure, that we need to play football for a lot of reasons. Uh, for the psychological well-being of kids and families, and just to get us, kind of drag us through this, we need something to look forward to. So, two years ago, right, like literally right now, you were on the front end. You and all the other ads in the state were on the front end of preparing athletes and coaches to to navigate the way through an unprecedented pandemic. Mm -hmm. And did were there any at, at the beginning stages with all the distancing and the, all the cleaning measures and the and the temperature checks and the facility cleanings around the clock? I mean, did you ever catch yourself thinking, as much as I want football and as much as I know we need football, this is this is a tough go here, and, and this may not happen. It was uh, we took it, Bill that we needed to get our kids back uh, in schools. Uh, they'd been gone since March. Uh, we'd had no off season. We had no spring sports. Uh, the, the spring sports devastated us. We, you know, our soccer is pretty good in, our, in, in Tulsa. Right. right. We probably had 15 or 20 kids that did not have an opportunity to showcase their senior year. Uh, and uh, that was a, a total unfortunate. So the, the sense of urgency for us was to keep our kids protected, keep our coaches protected, but get back to school. And so uh, in numerous meetings, I served on the district uh, virus committee. Uh, you know, we met every Monday morning and we'd go through the numbers. And that started back in, in uh, uh, April uh, via Zoom. You know, nobody was in the office. We, we did not, we were, the, we were the first office to go back fully uh, in athletics. We, we came back. Uh, in June, uh, because we were going to have kids in school. We were going to have off-season programs. We developed uh, our own summer league basketball so that we knew the facilities they would be in would be ours and they would be cleaned. Our own summer league volleyball, so our kids wouldn't have to travel anywhere, get on buses, they would just show up at school. 
uh, our own seven on seven. Uh, and then our, our weight and conditioning programs for all of our schools uh, had protocols that we started establishing. Uh, you know, I was looking at it this morning a little bit. I think I sent you some of them uh, via email. They were uh, phase one, phase two, uh, you know, and we would upgrade each time that we got to that point uh, based on what uh, the uh, weekly count was on the virus. Uh, I want to ask you this before our Zoom window closes on us. During the season itself, it, I thought there was even value in the weeks when games were postponed because kids at least had a practice to go to. And you know what I mean? There were still team activities on a daily basis. And, and But are you like me? Do you reflect back on that year, that season, and, and think, I can't believe we get – I can't believe we had football that year? It was uh, It was a challenge for us to make sure that we did. Uh, you know, we had to go to 50% uh, capacity in our stadiums. We had no uh, uh, attendance uh, on our volleyball. It was just the teams would show up and play, and that would be it. It was very difficult. We did allow on senior night for the senior parents to come and watch their daughter play one last volleyball game at home. But it, all of those sacrifices that we made was for the, for the mental health of our student athletes. And we, we, we kept you know, all through the summer program, one of the things that we, we trained with our coaches and our athletic directors in the building was, hey, we're the guinea pig. We're coming back in the building. Nobody else is in the building except athletics. And we, we have got to do this right. And so, you know, we had the protocol set up on our computers where my uh, head trainer, uh, coordinator of sports medicine, could check every day how many kids had a high temperature or how many didn't and how many didn't show up that we had. It was all logged on and he get that, that would get that data every afternoon. And so we knew exactly where we were with our kids. We, you know, we had some quarantines when we got to the fall. Uh, we had a couple of football teams that had quarantine during the season. We had some volleyball team. Uh, but we were very, very fortunate, I think, because we were diligent in how we trained our coaches and our athletic directors to administer the testing on a daily basis. And and think too, Coach, um, I better wrap it up before this window shuts on us, but but your alma mater, Rogers, opened a new stadium that year. Yes. Can you imagine how much of a drag and a disappointment it would have been for that beautiful stadium to sit there dormant for a full year before you had live football there? It, it would have been a shame. And, you know, uh, we're really, really excited, as you know, because they're adding bleachers now on the other side and right. restroom. So it'll finally be finished. But yeah, it's, it is a tremendous setting out there. I tell you, the East Central Gymnasium is going to be fantastic as well. And its accessibility is going to put it in a position to be a good host for the OSSAA. Right. With 44 and all that running right through there. So, you know, but it, it's, uh, it's for the kids. Uh, to give them an out. Uh, you know, 99% of our kids don't play past this time. They don't go to the college level. So if we can make it a tremendous experience for them at the high school level in great facilities, then I think we owe that to them. I, I, I wish we had more time. I wish you would come out of retirement long enough to get the dead gum state tournament pulled back up here away from Norman, which is just tragic. Uh, I understand why they did it, but I don't like it. I don't think anybody likes it. That's an Oral Roberts problem. Yeah, well, it's as it turned out, I mean, because – 
I can testify I was there. It's an everybody problem. That is not a good building for that event. It is not. But oh, no. uh, yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, state basketball. Leaving the Mavis Center was was uh, a no brainer for us for the tournament champions based on the uh, in hospitality that we that we received from them. And it wasn't Tony; uh, it was above Tony. So, no, that's right. No, it was well. Just so we don't leave the viewers in the dark here, it was related to the video board operation and some other stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah, Coach, thank you very much. It's uh, you know what uh, we should go to lunch sometime, right? Should you know my number? I do. If I if I didn't know your number, I wouldn't have texted you at eleven o'clock last night to ask you to do this. So or, or, sent, or sent me the link at when one oh six. Right. Oh well, I did do that. You're right. Yeah, did yeah. it you up? I hope. No. All right. I always watch a couple of uh, episodes of SVU uh, before I go to bed. So okay. Hey, Gil. Thank you so much. All right, Bill. Good to All talk right. to you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye.